Hello, I'm Michael Timmons, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called The Cold Death by me, Michael Timmons. Reggie Mueller was a nobody. So they said. Reggie Mueller couldn't hurt a fly. So they said. If you bullied Reggie Mueller, he would never retaliate. So they said. If Reggie Mueller disappeared, no one would be phased. So they thought they knew. After all, Reggie was a 12-year-old who couldn't pass kindergarten. He wasn't a bad kid. He just couldn't count to two if his life depended on it. To make matters worse, Reggie was very short for his age, and his six-year-old classmates often pushed him around. One gray June day, as another school year came to a close, Reggie was trudging home, reciting in his head how he would tell his mother the heart-wrenching news that he had failed kindergarten once again. Despite this melancholy thought, Reggie was in a pretty good mood. He didn't really care anymore what grade he was in. He was just happy to have a few months away from the bullies. Halfway home, he heard someone screaming insults behind him. Sure enough, it was Vance and Chase, the third-grade bullies. They harassed Reggie for his stupidity, and in their cruelty, they blindfolded him, hustled him into the middle of town, and left him there to find his way home. It started to rain, and the tears began to roll down Reggie's innocent face. He knew he could never navigate his way home. Cars and trucks zipped back and forth, ignoring Reggie and splashing dirty puddles of water all over him. After a few hours, a kind older gentleman pulled over in his car. Young man, do you need a ride? He asked with a gentle smile. Reggie nodded and entered the luxurious Lamborghini. My name is Herman, the old man introduced himself. So, where's home? Tears began to well up in Reggie's eyes again. Um, to turn white. No weft. No, I think straight. Realizing Reggie did not know how to get home, the old gentleman told Reggie that he could stay with him at his mansion until they figured things out. Herman showed Reggie every corner and facet of the mansion. There were 20 guest bedrooms and five dining rooms, all for one old man. What was most fascinating to Reggie, however, were Herman's inventions. Reggie had never seen flying laundry baskets or reusable fireworks. The old man was a real-life genius. Herman had to bribe Reggie with a bedtime snack in order to convince him to leave the inventions until the morning. As they were talking in the kitchen, Reggie confided to Herman how he had once again failed kindergarten. I don't know my ABCs or numbers, and everyone makes fun of me, even the teachers. As Reggie continued his sad tale, Herman quietly retrieved a little bottle of pills from the cupboard. Years ago, 
he explained. I invented a pill to increase intelligence. It was very difficult and expensive to manufacture, so I stopped making these precious capsules. Yet, I'm willing to let you take one of the pills, which should get your brain to function at the capacity of a normal 12-year-old. Reggie's eyes lit up. He swallowed the pill and then picked one of the guest bedrooms in which to fall asleep. However, Reggie could not get to sleep. He kept thinking about all of Herman's inventions, especially the intelligence pills. He started to test himself to see if he could recite his ABCs or count to ten, but he was still clueless. Maybe Herman had not given him enough pills. Reggie crawled out of bed, tiptoed downstairs, and saw the bottle of pills waiting for him on the kitchen table. Reggie swallowed pill after pill, and when the bottle was finally empty, he went back to bed. The next morning, Herman's initial shock and anger at the sight of the empty pill bottle was quickly overcome by his delight at seeing how smart Reggie had become. Reggie was overflowing with intelligence and could now work with Herman on new inventions. Yet Herman quickly noticed that the 12-year-old boy was now more of a genius than he was. After constructing a few new inventions with Herman, Reggie felt like he wasn't being challenged enough. He asked Herman if he could have his own space in the basement to work on his own inventions. He didn't want Herman to hold him back. Every day, Reggie spent most of his time in the basement. Herman hardly ever saw him. Reggie had so much fun creating new things, and, to his delight, his biggest and most powerful project was almost complete. It was shaped like a pinball machine, but its use was much more sinister. All Reggie had to do was type a name into the machine, press the big red kill button, and the rest was history. Reggie began by typing in the names of Vance, Chase, and a few more of the bullies at his school. The next morning he grinned as he read the obituaries. His invention was entirely successful. Every day, Reggie entered more and more names into his death machine. His kindergarten teacher. His t-ball coach. More bullies from years past. One morning, Herman was reading the obituaries and explained to Reggie how some doctors had concluded that a microscopic deadly virus was shutting down the victims' hearts without warning. Herman looked at Reggie. My boy. Do you think you could work on a vaccine to save this neighborhood? He asked. People are grieving without relief. I have better things to do, Reggie sighed, and he went downstairs to resume his killing spree. Herman and Reggie rarely interacted anymore. Reggie was always in the basement working, and Herman never bothered him. Yet one evening... Herman informed Reggie that an agent who worked for the federal government would be arriving at the mansion to stay the night. 
Herman was planning to speak to the guest about some new devices he had engineered in the past few weeks. This was how Herman made his millions of dollars. Reggie was instantly panicked. Although Herman never went into the basement, there was no certainty that his guest would not snoop around the house at night and discover Reggie's secret. Reggie knew what he had to do. He had to enter Herman's name into the death machine. After all, he could not afford to have a continuous flow of unknown guests nosing around the mansion. With trembling fingers, Reggie entered the letters one by one into the machine. H-E-R-M-A-N space D E N K E L His shaking finger was about to press kill when he suddenly realized that it was too late. He could hear the guest already in the house. Reggie threw a drape over the machine and forced himself to walk slowly and casually up the stairs. Oh, Reggie, Herman said when he saw the boy. This is Shane Price, my guest. Reggie smiled. He now knew the guest's name. Herman continued. How about you show Mr. Price your inventions in the basement? Mr. Price followed Reggie down the basement stairs. After seeing a half dozen inventions, the guest pointed to the drape-covered death machine. Whoa, what's that? He asked. Reggie shrugged. Oh, he said, that's just a dumb game I've been working on. Let's go back upstairs. Mr. Price looked unconvinced, but he followed Reggie up the staircase. That night, Mr. Price could not fall asleep. He kept thinking about Reggie's unknown invention. What was really under that drape? Finally, Mr. Price crawled out of bed, tiptoed downstairs to the basement, and whisked the drape off the machine. He gasped as he saw the bright red kill button blinking on and off. Mr. Price's heart began pounding loudly, and sweat began to drip profusely down his face. He scrolled through the names of the victims of Reggie's sinister machine. Vance Price, his nephew, had been one of the many fatalities. When he saw Vance's name along with the hundreds of others, Shane Price knew what he had to do. He began typing. R-E-G-G-I-E space M-U-E-L L-E-R. Then he pressed kill. And there was a great silence in the house. But not for long. Mr. Price looked up. He was sure he had heard something. Footsteps. Little footsteps. What had happened? Had the machine malfunctioned? Was the ghost of Reggie Mueller coming to take revenge on him? 
Reggie crept down to the basement and saw Mr. Price staring wide-eyed back at him. Reggie was infuriated that Mr. Price had been roaming around the basement in the middle of the night. Frozen in fright, Mr. Price watched as Reggie ran over to the death machine, quickly entered S-H-A-N-E space P-R-I-C-E, slammed his hand down on the kill button, and Mr. Price died in that moment. The next morning, Reggie checked online to see the latest obituaries. To his utter shock, his father, Reggie Mueller Sr., had passed away in the night from the so-called microscopic bug. Something had gone terribly wrong. Reggie darted back to the basement to find that Mr. Price had indeed entered that name before his death. Reggie wept bitterly. In much distress, Reggie took a sledgehammer to the machine and crushed it into tiny pieces. After he calmed down a bit, he walked upstairs to talk to Herman. Reggie, do you know where Mr. Price is? Herman asked, before Reggie could say anything. No, I think I saw him run away last night. Herman looked shocked at the comment. Hmm. I'm going to go look for him around the town. I'll be back in a bit. Reggie nodded as Herman left through the front door. Now Reggie was in the mansion by himself. Just him and his dark secret. No one else knew the guilt that was gnawing away at him. No policeman had caught Reggie, but he still felt like a prisoner behind the bars of his own conscience. There was no one alive who knew that he was a mass murderer. Or was there? Reggie decided to distract himself by going into the only room in the mansion he had never entered before, Herman's bedroom. Reggie wasn't surprised at the immense size of Herman's mattress and the chandelier hanging from the ceiling. In a drawer, he found some worn-out photographs of Herman as a boy. There were many expensive items and trinkets on the dresser and the nightstand. On the wall hung a small Lamborghini calendar, and on the calendar in his neat handwriting, Herman had written how he planned to invite Shane yesterday. And to Reggie's horror... Another distinguished guest was due to arrive at 7 o'clock p.m. tonight. In his shock, Reggie almost missed something else, written in smaller handwriting. Under 6.30 p.m., Herman had written in small cursive, Enter Reggie Mueller Jr. into his machine. Reggie began to sweat profusely. It seemed that Herman had known about the machine since Reggie had created it weeks ago. In a flash, Reggie knew exactly what Herman was plotting. He was going to kill Reggie, bring in a government official, and sell Reggie's invention for billions of dollars. What could Reggie do? If he turned Herman into the police, Reggie would be in danger of being found out. If he ran away, Herman would turn him in. He could not kill Herman with a broken machine, but he didn't put it past Herman to murder him in his sleep, the old-fashioned way. 
There was no time to think anything through. Reggie could hear that Herman had returned to the mansion. Reggie ran out of the bedroom and went downstairs to meet him. Herman looked at him, bewildered. My boy, why aren't you in the basement? Herman asked. You usually spend every moment down there. Oh, well, just needed a change of pace, Reggie said. His pounding heart needed a change of pace as well. The clock read 6.05. Reggie knew it was 25 minutes until Herman intended to murder him. Just as he was thinking about how to distract Herman from his plan, he heard an unexpected knock on the door. The new guest had arrived early. As Herman let the guest in, he looked over to Reggie and asked, Why don't you go to your room as I discuss some things with my guest? Reggie went to his room, but he could still hear Herman talking to the guest. As I said on the phone, Herman was saying, I created a new invention. With the click of a button, you can kill terrorists from miles and miles away. Let me show you. It's in the basement. The guests seemed intrigued, and Reggie heard an egregious bid of money being offered for his creation. Reggie listened closely to the creaks of the basement steps as they made their way down. He could hear Herman's loud gasp as he saw the precious death machine dilapidated. A few minutes later, Reggie looked out the window and saw Herman handcuffed with four Secret Service men waiting outside. Reggie realized that the guest must have been an undercover FBI detective who had figured out that the mysterious deaths could be traced back to the mansion. As the FBI detective thrust Herman into the police car, Herman screamed, It was Reggie! It was Reggie! Reggie! Reggie heard a clatter as some of the Secret Service men raced around the house on the hunt for the boy who had hidden himself in a small cupboard. Crouched in a tight, dark space, he could hear their angry yells as they pounded down doors. He listened as their big feet shook the house with every step. He could not say why, but he knew that he had to face the consequences of his actions. Maybe these men would hurt him, or take him away forever, or kill him, but he could not spend the rest of his life in hiding. And so, he opened the cupboard door and light began to pierce the space inside the dark cupboard. As a serviceman cried out that he'd found the kid, Reggie Mueller realized that he was no longer a nobody. You just listened to The Cold Death, written and read by your door-to-door storyteller, Michael Timmons. Thank you for listening. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater with the permission of the licensor, granted under a copyrighted license agreement, a production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.